0: talking about these different races you know, we don't do that on a normal basis a lot right we don't talk about what these different races mean
1: got to give me like maybe like you know what's your what's your secret erg workout at- this is the rower's choice podcast so this is alex del sordo with another Rowers' Choice podcast, Zoomcast, whatever we're still calling this thing. CJ recently did an awesome intro, so now you get to to see a little bit of Resolute and Sykes in there and splice some stuff. So I have uh, I have Randy Dam. Now um, I pride myself on knowing a lot about junior rowing, and I've known Dallas Jesuit for years. They've had a lot of speed, but I don't know Randy, and that's why he's here today. We're going to talk to Randy about um, his 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 career in rowing. Uh, how he's become the head men's coach of one of the fastest junior boys' programs in the entire country, and uh, how he has been managing the coronavirus and um, managing his his professional life outside of coaching. So, Randy, thank you for
0: being part of our podcast today. Well, thank you uh, for inviting me to join you guys. This is awesome.
1: So, listen, I I start everyone with the same question. From walk us through from stroke one. Till today. Like, give me this timeline of your rowing background and how you've gotten to be the head coach of uh, Dallas Jesuit. All right.
0: Um, I actually have not been able to take many strokes uh, in my career. I I did try to be a rower when I first started, Um, but um, I got into rowing in college. I attended uh, Purdue University uh, starting in 2004. And uh, I probably walked into uh freshman year of college, still pretty small. Um, I think I was about five, eight and 115 pounds. Uh, yeah. Um, but rowing had always sparked an interest because um, I had seen it on TV a couple of times and uh, especially 2004 big year for um, uh, for the U S team and the U S men uh, in, in the eight uh, watched yeah. the, those guys in Athens. Um, and I always thought it was a really awesome sport. And um, I grew up in Southern Indiana, so there was really no access to the sport in uh, in Southern Indiana. But uh, luckily got into Purdue, um, had no idea they had a rowing team until uh, the first week or two on campus. Um, they do a great job uh, trying to get as many walk-ons as possible. I think they normally get, you know, almost a couple hundred kids try out in, in I gotta, the beginning. Of I the-
1: got to stop you. I got to stop yeah. you. Um, I have a bone to pick with you.
0: So, oh.
1: so, I went to Marietta College my first year. And <laughs> okay. Hold on. Wait, Randy. Wait for this. Wait for this. I started freshman year 2004 into five. So, 2005 spring was my first year. And I smoked you every race until the finals at Vale's, Okay. Dadvale freshman yeah. year final, 2005 spring. And my coach, and I talk about this all the time, my coach put clams on our oars, okay, and the Boilermakers came rolling by, and a train honked its damn horn at the end. Were you in that Freshman 8 boat at Dadville, or you somewhere uh, else?
0: Unfortunately, uh, but fortunately, I, I was not. Um, I was actually in the Lightweight, uh, the Freshman Light 8 uh, that year. Okay. Uh, that friend of mine in the, uh, in the boat, um, um, Matt Deal, he was, mm-hmm. he was, Coxing, um but you know a lot of those freshman guys I, I i was able to cox uh my junior and senior year um right together, uh, junior senior year but um yeah do you remember early. that oh do you yeah that moment? Uh, oh oh yeah uh, <laughs> I, I because uh, the coaches did uh um the coaches came up and 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 told us about it while we were sitting there at the start line because they had just they were the race in front of us mm-hmm. uh we're all so nervous, you know, um, sitting up there on the stool behind the starting blocks, and you know, being freshmen, being there for the very first time. Everything is just brand new and kind of intimidating. And um, and uh, we had gone through a pretty big shift actually before 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 um, Dadville. Um, um, we actually lost our freshman coach right before uh, the race, and the head coach and some of the assistants ended up taking over um the uh the freshman and novice squads um and so yeah it was uh it was a very um it was it was a time period of a lot of unknowns right we were very uncertain about a lot of things you know um i i I do very vividly remember um hearing that the freshman ate one uh and and that we were up next and we were uh you know the coaches gave us a little bit of pressure but it was also (laughs) <laughs> right. A little bit of motivation because it was awesome. How did you do? So so how did your boat end that that piece? I believe we um, I believe we ended up meddling. I think we got third place. Uh, nice. Third All right. Place. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we were pretty excited about that because we weren't, um, you know, uh, as, as novice uh, rowing goes, uh, we we were we weren't that great. Outside of that top freshman eight, uh, it, it kind of trickled off pretty quickly. yeah uh, I, I, I,
1: I can imagine. so then
0: so then you so you you do your whole career at Purdue. So all four years uh, as a coxswain. Yep, all four years as a coxswain. Uh, you know I, I ended up putting on a little bit more height, a little more weight. Um, but you know, um, I, I I just quickly realized, and especially after talking to some of the guys and some of the coaches, you know, it wasn't a big influence from the coaches. I think they would have supported me if I wanted to try to row, uh, but yep. I grew to five eleven, and went up to almost 140, 145 pounds within that wow. first winter season. And, uh, but you know, I, I, I realized, you know, if I ever wanted a shot at making a varsity eight one day, I, I definitely wasn't going to make it as an oarsman because I was still pretty undersized compared to a lot of the guys on the team. Um, and, yeah. and I had best to keep my weight as low as possible. And, uh, I just worked on the, uh, the coxswain skills to try to make the, uh, the top boat. So then what happens after college? What do you what do? You do? Um, after college, I graduated and moved to Dallas, Texas. Um, yeah, I didn't even stick with rowing at first. I uh, started working um, privately uh, with uh, an individual who um, was an entrepreneur, did a lot of different businesses, worked as an executive assistant, and um, I just missed rowing after a year or two. Um, just you know the office life working six seven days a week for 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 this guy and it just took a beating after a year or two and and realized I really missed rowing and and um and and started googling uh rowing uh in in <laughs> dallas and there wasn't a heck of a lot um but you know found dallas rowing club, which was out at Bachman lake and found um you know white rock boathouse, which was out at white Rock lake and visited mm-hmm. both and and just started you know. Uh, trying to figure out how to row on my own as a master, uh, as a former coxswain uh, in in a bunch of moss boats, you know moss arrows. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and um, then you're
1: so then you're. This is I'm trying to get the timeline. So you graduated yeah. around these 2008, right? Yep. So this is 2010, 11. You're getting back into the masters circuit.
0: Yeah, about 2010, 2011, uh, just started. Uh, you know, erging and and rowing again um, in in singles. And um, I actually met uh, a gentleman named Ryan White uh, one day um, was out on a practice on my own. I I believe he was leading in junior practice and uh, he saw me rowing, uh, saw that I was a young guy. uh, And and he had just helped uh, start, I think, the uh, the White Rock Junior rowing program Mm -hmm. Um, was a relatively Still is a uh, very young boathouse, very, very young program. I think he was the first head coach and program director back in that time frame, And, um, and he needed help. I think he had like 20, 30 guys uh, and girls, novice and varsity all mixed together. I think he was one of the only coaches and uh, just asked if I'd be interested in, in helping out with coaching. Um, got really excited at the thought of being a part of a team again and, yeah. um, and, you know, just jumped on the opportunity um and and just really haven't looked back from that point now was that
1: were you still working somewhere else and doing yeah. so what so what happened there so those those couple of years what were you doing professionally
0: yeah. um so professionally uh i was working for a gentleman um you know strictly he had a, he had a lot of different businesses in the medical field um uh with like storage uh what do you call them like storage storage units um and things mm-hmm. like that um uh, he was in, you know, property, real estate, uh, you know, owned rental properties. Uh, one of the big things I helped him with and, and one of my main jobs uh, that I started off with was actually um, with his uh, suit business. Uh, and suit I got in yeah, men's formal wear. That's and, awesome. Yeah, he had a big chain um, of, of stores in DFW and I helped to you know, just do, uh, do administrative stuff, reports for him. Um, and I was helping to uh, try to develop e-commerce for them. Wow. Uh, they, you know, they weren't really online. They weren't on Facebook at that time frame. And so you know, it was all brand new to me too. Uh, but he uh, put, a, put a lot of faith in, in me to try to help him figure out how to build a website, uh, build you know, e-commerce sales for, for him and the company. Um, and then I slowly, you know, as 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 assistants go, you you kind of get thrown into everything uh, else mm-hmm. that's happening uh, within his life. And um, and you know, after about I think a year and a half, two years, I had got back into rowing, and I decided to branch away because the hours didn't really lend itself to to um, to to allow staying with rowing. I guess you sure. know, like yeah, yeah, of course. Um, a lot of times you're in around like eight or 9 AM and you just kind of go until they say stop and, and you work Saturdays, you know, sometimes you work on Sundays. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, you know, I, 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 branched away, um, and I actually tried to start up my own business, uh, in the suit world, um, uh, with, with the experience that I learned, um. Working, working for a suit company, I, I quickly figured out, man, how much, <laughs> how much uh, inventory actually costs and where it all comes from. And um, 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 both my parents are Chinese. Um, you know, I was born here in the states, uh, but I, I learned how to speak Chinese growing up. And and um, during some of my um, time working for this gentleman, um, I helped with uh, talking to some of the suppliers and factories that we purchased from wow. uh, over in China. And and so you know, I started to try to figure out how to do a lot of that stuff myself and um, with uh, some help from my parents, um, you know, we went to China, visited some factories on our own and and yeah, in that couple years after I started working for him, you know, I tried to branch out on my own and, uh, and sell, um, you know, formal wear business wear suits online. This, on is, my this own. is insane.
1: Uh, okay. So like how far did that business go? What happened to that?
0: Uh, you know um, it, it took up a lot of time. Um, it, 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 I, I really enjoyed it. You know, I, I, I worked with a few colleges. Um, that was a big idea I had whenever I first worked for the gentleman, I, I tried to pitch the idea of, um, of trying to reach out to, you know, college campuses and, and kids. You know, I, I, I was still very young at that point and, you know, really related back to, um, that college age and mm-hmm. guys buying their first suits, you know, uh going to their first interviews, trying to get their first jobs. And so, you know, I, I tried to reach out to a lot of um universities around via uh around Texas and yeah. uh, try to pitch the idea of, you know, um uh really affordable suits uh, uh to 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 college age uh uh demographic and so
1: whatever happened to this thing whatever whatever happened
0: uh, you know I I you know, I I realized I I had two passions. You know, I, uh, I was trying to work this high volume sales game, um, and, and trying to travel a lot and visit college, uh, you know, college campuses and and traveling to China to try to buy more inventory, work on, on quality control. And, um, and, and I was also trying to balance this reignited passion I had for, for rowing and coaching. Um, and, and so I tried to balance the two for, you know, two or three years and, and realized, man, I, I really, really enjoy coaching. And that was way more fulfilling than, than doing business on my own. And, um, and, and so, you know, there, there came a point right before um, I was able to interview for the Jesuit position uh, that I had to make a choice of in full time. Uh, to to rowing instead of just being you know just a a part-time part-time coach wow so you know it
1: takes sometimes it takes men or women decades to figure out if not their whole lives like what they're passionate about and like what they really buy into and I'll tell you like I'm gonna relate this story to, to me like I started finish line eight years ago and you have this balance of like I love coaching and CJ and all the guys here at Rower's Choice will tell you, like, I would rather coach a crew right now than anything in the world. Like I love being on the water. I love watching kids get better. Um, I love going to regattas. And like, if we rent boats out to teams, they come to me and they talk to me and I rig the boats for them and, and I give them advice. Um, and lucky enough for you, you found that passion, right? You, you, and you made the decision to say like, okay, I'd want to, okay, you can make a million dollars doing your soup business. But you said, you know, what, I want to be a coach. And I think what's great. And, and, and this is a compliment to you is that when, when your athletes know that about you and they know that you have that much passion, they pull harder for you. They, they, they win races. They, you build a better community around uh, your program. So that that's wonderful to hear.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but, but is it, is coaching all you do, or do you have something else that brings in the home, the bacon?
0: Uh, well, at, at Jesuit right now, um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to uh, be hired on as a full-time faculty member. Wow. Um, you know, the first year, they allowed me to kind of ease into things and, and focus on on coaching and maybe doing some uh, substitute uh, substitution work. Yep. Um, and starting my second year, I began teaching and um, uh, finally being able to use my degree a little bit with uh, political science. Uh, and um, I am teaching... Uh, U.S. government um, at at Jesuit. That's you know
1: it's rare. Dallas Jesuit is a is a private academy, right? Private school. Uh, yes, sir. Um, so you don't need a teaching degree to do this, right?
0: Like <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, do not need a teaching degree. Um, but there are many many well qualified you know PhD and master uh, uh, master level um, teachers uh, you know master degree level teachers that. That I work with, and they're very, very smart. Um, and so I take all my cues, and and I've been trying to learn as much as I can from from all of them. Um, but That's yeah, great. teaching a a very nerve-wracking thing. Um, I had not been nervous about doing a a, a job like that um, in mm-hmm. in a long time. You know, uh, never never had the same nerves um, um, that I had getting in front of a classroom for the very first time. Uh, um, as I, as I had, you know, uh, last How year. big, how big are your, are your classes? Like how many students? Um, typically classes range around, uh, maybe 15 to 20 at the most. Um, you know, but, um, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a, it's a senior level class. Uh, so you, you get some pretty mature guys in there. Um, you know, they're, how many they're of them, how many of them, how many of your students row for you? Um, over the last two years, I believe I've only been able to get one. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Only one. Yeah. O- only one. So, uh, there, there are three other government teachers and it is offered in the summertime. Um, oh. the, uh, the really cool thing about the, uh, the guys on the team, um, they, they work really hard and in, in the summertime, you know, if they don't go away for training, a lot of them stay in town and they'll do summer school. And we try to work a two-a-day training schedule around their summer school time. And so, you know, um, the past two summers we've hosted, I think, practices from I think seven to eight thirty or seven to nine at the lake. We'll go to school, um, you know, be able to shower and eat a little bit at school, go to class for three or four hours and then they'll erg at school or lift at school in the afternoon and you know, go home. Have dinner, sleep, rinse, repeat. So it seems like Dallas Jesuit really supports the rowing program. Is that a fair thing to say? Oh yeah, um, you yeah, um, know, ever since, uh, well, um, the experience I've had with Jesuit was uh, when uh, Coach John Fife had taken over uh, previously before me, and um, he was there for seven years. Uh, but ever since he got there, um, you know, Jesuit has has uh, has been a major power, I, I think, in rowing. And a big part of that is the administration and the athletic department and the amount of support that they put into the program. Um, but yeah, uh, they- So they, Fife,
1: Fife, is a, Fife is a Philly guy. I mean, I've, I've known <laughs> him for uh, damn near a decade. He, um, St. Joe's Prep alum, he's there now. How much, uh, be honest, all right? Be honest when I ask this question. How much rivalry is there between Jesuit and the Prep? Because you guys are pretty much equal speeds here. Uh, is there some, is there, is there some battling going on right now with those two programs?
0: Uh, always, always, you know, personally yeah. <laughs> between, uh, between John and I, you know, he's, he's actually been, um, a huge mentor, uh, for me, at, on, on a personal level. Um, ever since I first started out with, um, with coaching, I think I was around 24 years old. Um, he has always been a guy that I could go to and ask questions about, you know, and, and oh. he. You know, being a Philly guy, he's always very honest and um and uh he you know, I full credit I think goes to him and and the amount of support he's given me. Does he uh, still support you now? I mean, is he Yeah. (laughs) So Uh, that's
1: what I love about this sport. Let me let me interrupt. So very rarely do you see in other sports where a coach leaves and they try to help that team out again, right? Because we're 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 a very loving, supportive community in rowing. Um this is not it's in some cases it's cutthroat, but um, it's really uplifting, and hat goes off to John fight for this to still support Dallas Jesuit and you um, yep. as a as a young coach I mean the guy has been around for a long long time uh, mm-hmm. and he 's won a lot of races uh, How often would you say you guys talk
0: uh daily, daily. I, I think okay, wow. daily. Uh, you know sometimes three four five times a day you know i you know three years into into working at jesuit um yeah, it 's my first position I've had uh, outside of the club world and, and so working for a scholastic program and trying to build a scholastic team in the middle of Texas where you know the cl- the next closest I guess scholastic sweep team isn't for you know a two-day drive right wow. or yeah. you know five, six uh, hour flight um, it, it's very difficult and uh, you know he was very successful doing it during his seven-year uh, tenure at, at Jesuit so I'm constantly asking him um, advice bouncing ideas off of him you know wh- whether it comes to 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 training or, or building the right racing schedule um I think he has a huge part in in our success even to this day so so are there other coaches that you
1: communicate with, or is he sort of just like the guy that you go to for advice and direction
0: you know i i in terms of daily operations and and, and just you know my own personal development, I think a lot of a lot of credit goes directly to him, um, uh, but you know, I I all I always reach out, especially in big moments, to to my former college coach as well, uh, Dave Kusick uh, at, at Purdue. Oh yeah, I and mean, that guy's
1: another legend. I mean, the guy has the guy knows his stuff. Yeah. Now, so what's interesting? What we're what we're learning and what we're finding is that um, there's a lot of young coaches that don't know who to go to for advice and direction. Right They're you're lucky enough that. You, you know, you have Dave Kusick and, and, and John Fife. like those are rare coaches that want to support and help you. And they're good. They're very successful, right? They have built programs. They found speed at, at all levels, high school and college. Um, but what we're, what we're finding is that not a lot of young coaches know who to go to. Um, was it, is it, is it challenging to, how I say this? Is it challenging to be on your own sometimes? Like, do you feel like you're in a little bubble or is it really easy for you just to, just to get the best advice from these
0: guys? Um, You know, getting outside of the bubble is kind of just talking to those two guys Um, in, in Dallas, you know, there, there, there really isn't, uh, it's not like being out on the coast. It's, it's not like being in California. It's not like being, you know, in, in, um, in the Philadelphia area, in the Boston area, and you know, rowing isn't as big here in Texas as it is in uh, in, in some of those other coastal states. Uh, so, you know, one of the big reasons why I think we've been developing um, is because, like you brought up before, we've had a lot of school support. Um, to and one of the big school uh, or areas that the school supports us in is traveling, and being able to bring you know teams out to California, Sacramento, uh, San Diego. Ah, uh, to be able to travel, you know, f- uh, to compete in the Flicks and in a uh, St. Andrews Invite race, um, you know, being able to compete in Stoatsbury, right, and being able to compete at you know youth nationals. I think all of that over the years has has really built up the program outside of um, outside of the scope of just Texas rowing.
1: Well, this is a good transition because you know you can't you can't go anywhere, right? I mean, COVID nineteen has stopped you. Um, tell me how you've navigated. This situation and supporting your athletes
0: well uh it's it, it's been tough and and honestly, at times, I feel like I haven't done enough um you know because uh, i I can see that at times uh motivation is down you know guys are guys guys have a pretty honest relationship with me, I think, and um, a lot of guys have reached out over the last week or two, especially after u s uh announced that they were going to cancel um uh, regionals and youth sure. nets. And then, um, and then Stotesbury and Henley announced that they were canceling on the same day as well. Um, you know, guys, motivations really plummeted. And, um, it, it it's been individual conversations, I think, you know, try, trying to reach out and, and, and either through email or texts or just picking up a phone and, and, and talking to an individual. Um, um, yeah, I, I try to frame, um, you know, the long-term perspective, uh, and long-term opportunities of each athlete for, for them. You know, a lot of juniors I've spoken to, especially and put a lot of importance on this time period to them. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, colleges were obviously canceled way before junior rowing. So a lot of college coaches without much, um, much more responsibility right now to do, they've been hitting the uh, recruitment pavement, uh, quite heavily. And, and actually, um, I was lucky enough to speak with a college coach right before we got on the phone call, and and they said this is a very interesting time frame because it's this is a great equalizer. You can really see who is very self-motivated and who is really reliant on a team or a coach um, and 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 others around them to to, uh, to get working, and and so this is um, a really unique opportunity to see who the, the self-driven, self-motivated people are and uh you you know you you better believe i'm going to get on the phone and 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 relay that message to uh, a lot of the junior and sophomore class guys um, today well, you
1: got you know, you got, you have as of this morning which we will announce later you have the third you posted the third fastest time for yeah. the junior men's in our national championship now let's talk about that for a minute because you clearly have some motivated guys um, to, who are the four guys on that pro, on that team in the in the a boat
0: um, the four guys that we have in the A group right now, um, starting with uh, the two seniors, we have Ryan Boyle. Mm-hmm. Um, he will be attending Dartmouth next year. Um, and we have uh, Ben Gross, who is a senior. Um, he's a little more on the light side, um, but he, um, I, I, we're unsure yet uh, where he will be attending next year. Um, I think he was talking to Syracuse and looking at a couple other universities that are not rowing um related uh and then uh, on the junior side we have uh, two very um bright individuals very hard-working guys um first is michael curry um he i think went 619 at, at sweat uh in february and then we have um you know a, a recent transfer student that came to us uh named nick knapp and i think he went 618 at, at Sweat. 618
1: yeah. Um, you got, you got some, you got some, you got some big boys. Um, yeah. I, I, what's your secret, man? What's your yeah. secret? What are you doing? Uh, how do you, how are you getting these kids to be pulling these splits, man? How do you, wh- I, I'm all ears. So <laughs> tell me,
0: you know, um, I, I, I'm not sure if there's any big secret. Uh, you know, I, I think I've just learned from uh, the previous eight or nine years uh, of mistakes that I've committed as a, a very young coach. Um, you know, I, I learned very early on that I was able to create good erg scores. Um, you know, one of the first guys I, I actually coached um, is an assistant coach with me this year. His name is Eli Brown. He attended Brown university. Uh, but you know, that very first team I coached uh, you know, first couple of years I coached, I didn't really know a hell of a lot. um uh, but I was able to help create a really hard working uh, environment. And he went 613, I think, uh, when he was in high school uh, by his senior year. And um, 613, I think, in 2014 was a pretty quick time. Uh, so That's a very yeah, quick time, yeah. This So I'm not letting you
1: go here. You're, you're, you, you gotta give me like, maybe like, you know, what's your, what's your secret erg workout? What's like, I mean, just give me something here. All right. Tell me, what do you do?
0: There there's, I think there's a lot to, to creating, um, the right environment for, for, for not just, you know, one or two individuals to do well, uh, but for an entire team to do well. Um, this, this year alone, we've focused not a lot on results. We've focused a lot more on um, work ethic on a daily basis. Uh, we we've emphasized attitude um, a lot. Um, I would say that's a daily daily thing as well. And um, mm-hmm. we focused on relationships. You know, one thing that I, I quickly saw whenever I first uh, came into Jesuit was that we we didn't have the greatest of uh, relationships as teammates. And and um, you know, sometimes guys would just maybe take joking a little too far right uh, maybe they would you know uh, poke and prod each other a little too much if, if they had a bad day on the herbs uh, you know or a bad you know practice on the water uh, so we just try to maintain those three things just you know work as hard as you can on on any given day um, and and just realizing that people will go through different things in life at, at different times you know sometimes guys have nothing going on at school and it's a, it's an easy week and sometimes you got four or five exams, right, and, and mm-hmm. essays, and, and, and other things that keep you up and, and don't allow you to get a lot of sleep. You're probably not hydrating well, and so your performance kind of drops a little bit. And so we just emphasize effort on a daily basis, um, and trying to maintain positive attitudes and positive relationships with each other, uh, and just positive encouragement. And um, um, and that's that's really it, honestly. That's really it. And 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 trying to stay accountable to that on a daily basis. Um, so you 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 know, unlike a lot
1: of coaches that I've talked to, you, you do a good job of identifying when to drive and when to pull back, right? You, you know, yeah. you can see within your group that, you know, it's really important to not create anxiety or pressures that, uh, and I haven't heard a lot of coaches really in my time say that they don't, they don't emphasize on the results, they emphasize on the effort. So like, if you are having a bad day, your girlfriend dumped you or you had five <laughs> exams, you're yeah. not going to go very well like today. But you as long as you give everything you can, that's yep. uh, that's wonderful. So you know, I want to yep. um, I want to transition a little bit because we're the same age, right? We're the we're the, we're the same age. And yesterday, um, I talked to Chris at Capital Crew. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know where this is going. So yeah. um, you know, he he loves trash talking you, man, and he loves like just getting under your skin here. But what I want to talk about is your feelings and thoughts on. Coaching camaraderies, um, your, your thought on relationship with other coaches. Like, I know we're all competing with one another, but really we're all there for the same thing. We're there for mentoring and advising young athletes. Um, do you think this sport's missing that, that camaraderie among coaches? And if so, what do you think we should do moving forward?
0: You know, I, in, in my experience, which is, I guess, very limited to, to Purdue and Texas, I don't feel like uh, it, it's lacking camaraderie. I feel like people are pretty open um, about okay. about as long as you ask. Um, you know, uh, when you know, for instance, uh, like when Coach uh, Dave O'Neill first took over UT uh, University of Texas, uh, you know, I made an emphasis to try to ask uh, to get out in the launch as many times as possible, and, and, to, and to to ask questions and, and to be able to just view what it's like to build a program up uh, into a national contender. And, um, you know, I, there's, I, I have found it pretty easy to, uh, to approach coaches and ask, 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 questions about things. Um, how about, uh, how about
1: the other side of the coin, like, um, getting beers, uh, going out to dinners, hanging out, spending time with one another. Like, do you, cause we all share the same passion. We share, we share the same interests. Uh, I know that you're kind of in a bubble in Texas, but I mean, do you have that opportunity To get around
0: and we travel, I I I make it a point to try to um, uh, invite people out for for a dinner. I know it's tough sometimes if we're at a big regatta, um, you know, and we have our own teams to to take care of and and feed and 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 things like that. But um, every time I travel, I try to reach out to a couple coaches to see if they want to grab a beer or grab dinner. uh, I'm going to hold you to that.
1: So if I'm at a regatta, I mean we're gonna we're gonna have that beer.
0: And we're Absolutely. going to talk about
1: Marietta rowing and Purdue rowing because I'm still bitter <laughs> about that. I can't get, you know, you know, you know, you know that you don't lose that, that one loss that you had, you know, it sticks to you like glue. Right. Oh, yeah. uh, but, but I want to, I want to end this with um, some trash talking. I think it's really important. You, I, uh, I, I think CJ is going to confirm for me that you have advanced to the top 16. Um, I think you did. What, um, what do you want to say to the guys, to the other programs out there that you're about to go up against? Uh, I mean, because I look because in about an hour, I'm going to do a recap of this round and I'm going to talk about you and your boys. OK, so what do you think? I mean, you've
0: you got to what, have what it takes to go all the way. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do feel like we have an opportunity to be able to push it uh, in, into the finals and, and have a good shot at, uh, you know, at, at the uh, at, at, at the final 2K. Um, I think it'll be very challenging, um, especially hearing that we were beaten um, uh, and did not have the fastest uh, 2500 average. You know, you you can tell that uh, there's a lot more speed on the table from a lot of other teams. I, it's it's um, it's a little out of character for me to talk a lot of trash. I you know, so it's <laughs> I, I respect I respect a lot of the other teams and a lot of the I, other yeah. athletes. Yeah, yeah. You
1: you you tend to keep things close to the chest. I get it. Um, but you know, I'll I'll say the um, What's what's happening next in so the next two rounds, which I'm I'm confident that you'll do well in, it will really disrupt what your 2K is yeah. in a week and a half. Like this, this next one's like 63 or 6400 meters. I'm going to do mine tomorrow, even though I lost. Uh, <laughs> I'm still bitter about that. I lost this round. But that is going to be the differentiator between everybody else, right? That is going to set the bar for the 2K times. I think you're going to be surprised. We are, too, with the results. Um, how have you, how, and this is a plug for us, because I, 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 I don't always, uh, I, I, I love talking to coaches, but I, I have an ego myself. So how has this competition been um, adopted by your program? Have you guys enjoyed it? Have the athletes enjoyed it? Has it made an impact on them in the last couple of weeks?
0: Yeah, I think we've, uh, I mean, I this, competition itself for us has definitely helped to keep a lot of the guys motivated. Um, so I think it's big, um, it's been a a big saving grace. I think the idea of doing such a unique tournament style, um, with all these different, um, different, uh, length of racing and not just, you know, 2000 meter racing, um, has definitely sparked the interest of the guys And, and to be able to talk to some of them about, the um, the importance of some of these different distances, right? And what it actually means, um, yeah. you know, to be able to race the four-miler, right? To be able to race the, you know, the 1500, um, be able to race the Henley distance, uh, yeah. you know, talking to them about these different races. And you know, we don't do that on a normal basis a lot, right? We don't talk about what these different races mean to rowing. And, well, and the Ted district.
1: Nash, I mean, it, Ted Nash cool. didn't come up with the 2500 meter, but it was the yeah. original crash B distance. And yeah. It was what – I did it in college. It was what we measured ourselves by. We, I, never, I did one 2K at GW, and I did three wow. at Marietta, right? All the <laughs> times for 2,500 meters. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a different beast. And, like, I'll tell you, I know that if we polled every junior athlete, maybe 5% would even know who Ted Nash is. And, like, okay. I really want them to know and appreciate the history of our sport um, because it's near and dear to my heart. Um, Randy, uh, I take notes in all of these, sure. and uh, there are a couple things that really stick out to me in this conversation. And I like to kind of recap at the end sure. here. Um, you know, you were you were 115 pounds soaking wet, and you come into Purdue, and you just like, hey, I'm just going to be, I'm going to do it. And yeah. you medal at Dad Vales, and it's it, you, you know, you 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 liked rowing because it hits you at the right time. You watched the Olympic gold medal winning crew that impacted rowers forever, you know, in the US. You just happened to be at that time to watch that. I remember too, I'll never forget the day I watched that race. I was in Ohio watching that race.
0: Oh man.
1: With a bunch of other rowers. And I I, think this is the greatest moment for me ever. Like it was, it was incredible. And then you had this, you had this like roundabout way of finding rowing again. You know, I love that you started a business and I love that, like you have a mentor in John Fife, who now you still communicate to. It's it's absolutely wonderful, um, and you got a really good story. And I think a lot of coaches that listen to this are are going to say, you know what, I can I can be like that. You know, I can I can find my way back to rowing again. Maybe get them motivated again um, if they've been away for a couple of years. But there's one thing that we also do now is we name we name the podcasts, and uh, I'm I'm going to call this one "I Started Googling Rowing" because like that's hilarious, like. <laughs> you, you said to me after about two years and you missed it, you said, I, I just started Googling rowing yeah. uh, for a guy who won a Dadville gold medal. I wouldn't think you would need to Google rowing, but uh,
0: yeah. I, I love yeah. it. <laughs> well, you know, it, there was not um, when I moved to Texas, I moved or when I moved to Dallas, I moved into a place where I, I had no idea that there was even water. In dallas for like a year right. there were lakes and and big lakes actually um all around um all around the dfw area and, and so you know I, when when you get into the well you know this sometimes you get so busy like you you just live in a bubble you don't go yeah. outside that bubble um and that's what it was like for a year or two and um, yeah so well I, I think the
1: rowing i think the rowing world uh, appreciates you being back in it and uh i wish you all the luck at dallas jesuit And uh, we'll be talking about your crew uh, over the next couple of days and the next couple of weeks as we watch you go and move in advance. Uh, So, everyone, thank you for for tuning in to the Rower's Choice podcast. Thank you, Randy Dan, for being here with us today. More from us and other coaches in the uh, NCAA-style bracket that we are hosting. Thanks for watching. Thanks, guys. This is the Rower's Choice podcast. Rower's Choice is made up of finish line shell repair, Resolute Racing shells, and Sykes USA.